midnight at a meeting of the school board, so God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So you had a big event last night. Yeah, well, you were there. It was the American Spectator's 54th Robert L. Bartley Gala. And Robert L. Bartley was a former editorial page um, editor or director for the Wall Street Journal, who we we honor um, every year because he also was a senior advisor to the American Spectator. And it was a big shingding. We um, honored Byron York with our Barbara Olson Award for Excellence and Independence in Journalism. And the the award is named for Barbara Olson, um, the journalist who perished on 9-11. And we also had a keynote delivered by Speaker of the House, former Speaker of the House, I should say, Newt Gingrich, and Ambassador Callista Gingrich was there, and I had the opportunity to be involved with escorting them for another interview that's going to, um, a video interview that's going to appear on the website soon. So it was a very exciting event. Uh, A lot of uh, enthusiasm for the conservative movement was regenerated, and of course we had a big announcement. R. M. Excuse me, R. Emmett Terrell Jr., who has who was the founder of the American Spectator, and he has been the editor. Also known as Bob Terrell. Also known as Bob Terrell, but his byline is R. Emmett Terrell Jr. You know, so two R's and two L's and in Terrell. But at any event, he um, announced that he had chosen his successor, and his successor is Paul Kangar, a professor of political science at Grove City College, a very well-known conservative university in the United States and he is the author of about 20 books and Paul uh, also recently wrote one one about the American Spectator so he's a perfect choice to continue the legacy so it was a an exciting night all around and we you know it was a, a lot of fun a lot of uh, good talk about politics and life in general you were there did you have fun I did and you know, I, I didn't think I was going to like Newt Gingrich as much as I liked Newt Gingrich last yeah. night. And we had interviewed him he six gave, years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I reminded him. And, and Calista was there. Yeah, we interviewed her too. It was a duo It was a duo interview. She hasn't aged a bit. Oh my gosh, she looks fantastic. And you yeah. know what I said to her when she came in? 
because I, I had to go out and greet them. I said, well, I can. it's easy to recognize you with your beautiful hairdo. I mean, she looks amazing. <laughs> well, she's had the same plastic hairdo, though. It's, it's, it's sort of plastic. It's not, I wouldn't call it plastic. It fits her. It looks good. But go, I, but go on. You were surprised by Newt Gingrich. I, I thought what he had to say, he gave a solution as to the future of the party. Yeah. And... <clears throat> And I, I thought that was brilliant. I, I thought that not, he wasn't just complaining yeah. like, like the people do in Congress. Yeah, He was offering up solutions. And he's a guy that actually delivered on solutions. So I give him a lot of kudos. And, you know, and Grover Norquist, uh, who was... Oh, he our, was great, too. He, yeah, he's our master of ceremonies, to the president of Americans for, Americans for Tax Reform. Uh, uh, reform that's the name mm. of the place but he's uh, primarily about fair tax well he's right? primarily about fair tax all those yeah. issues but he made a comment that there are so many people that you know spend their time on the hill and then they go off and do something else whereas newt has continued Works. to deliver the message yes he's paid he for the word it work he continues to work on the issues he continues to be out there constantly and he continues to have a relevance uh which you know others have long that's given all up. you can ask is for people to work and do the best that they can. Yeah, and it was so. It and was. It that's was what, good. That's what Newt does every day, and uh, yeah, I I was blown away. I was really impressed by Newt Gingrich. I I have to say, that speech he gave last night was great, and the whole event was really good. Uh, there were some. I I saw so many people I saw on TV. Yeah, there are people you've seen on TV. There were a lot that we had a whole. There was a whole Washington Examiner yeah. table, but and Wall and there was a whole Wall Street Journal table as we always mm-hmm. have. But the thing that was interesting though was uh, I've already gotten some anecdotal feedback that people felt more energized about the political landscape. And you know, as we approach the midterms, I think it's really important for the GOP to come together and for people to focus on the future and focus on, you know, getting rid of what is not working. And we know what's not working right now. Uh, I refer to him as being the seat warmer. But we really do need to focus on the future. We do need to address um, the dreadful um, economy we have right now. And we do need to find a government that truly is the servant of the people. Right. So we need, we, we need to get back to that, and we need to get back to family values. And the other thing that was very refreshing was, and we saw this at another event that we had, was that we had uh, you know, a lot of people out there dancing. And I have to say, last year there was a dance floor, same band that we had, um, Alex Donner Entertainment, which also performed at the Independent Women's Forum last week. But people were really, you know, out there doing it, whereas uh, last year it was a, a lot fewer people. So what's your take on that? My that, take that's... is the social distancing. My take is people are okay with being in crowds again. People oh, yeah. are okay yeah. with getting out and being about, and okay. I think that's important. All right. We got a caller. Oh, we do. Great. Caller, you're on the air. Good morning, Scott. This is Idaho John. Long time since I've called in. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to say yesterday I was watching America's Voice and I, I wanted to call in about this because it was something I don't know if like Mike McCarthy's trying to suppress the vote again so we don't win by 40 or 30 or 40 more seats. But he, he said yesterday that I, um, that he didn't want to impeach um, Biden. He wanted an era of uh, forgiveness and healing. And I just like think like that. That's just something that like I know at least. I would I would go out on a limb and say that like most people want to want to see an impeachment like that are on the conservative side want to see an impeachment 
of Trump, of uh, not Trump, Biden, and even like um, Obama or Hillary too, you know, and things like that just seem like we're going to get the same old, same old going. I, I still encourage everybody to vote, get a job working the polls and do everything to, to vote conservative, but things like that just kind of take the air out of um, a lot of people's cells. I don't disagree with you. Um, there was a uh, situation, oh gosh, um, I queued it up too. And um, I, wanna, I wanna see if I can play this with you on the air. Um, Please do. Well, hang on, uh, this is a situation. So what this was, was uh, there was a, uh, there was a there was a promising um, candidate, and I don't have it. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but okay, so there was a promising candidate, and the candidate uh, was ushered out of the room in Texas, and Kevin McCarthy was in in the room, and she was basically neck and neck with the incumbent, which who was a Democrat, and. Uh, Kevin McCarthy's not helping, is what I'm saying. Like, like he was definitely hurting her chances of winning this election uh, because of the powers that be and the the politics as usual. Um, they don't want to win. Uh, the Republicans, like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, don't want to win. They they like where they are. They like being second. They like that because it's a gravy train. They get to say all the platitudes, and nothing ever gets done, and that's that's where they are. Well, I, I just wanted to comment about that. Like I said, I, I don't want to suppress the vote myself. I encourage everybody to work polls. I do, you know, just keep, do everything you can to, to bring in the conservatives. But, you know, like things like that, we, we, we really got to look out for because the last thing we need, I get so tired every every election of the, they promise one thing, you know, the, and then they become, they go from Superman to sloth, you know, like even like when th their investigations on the conservative side seem to take two years, you know, the, the, um, the Democrats want Trump in prison and we, we want, and then McCarthy comes out and says he wants healing and forgiveness, you know, like they want to, they want to put out what 187,000 IRS agents armed and put us in gulags or whatever they want to do with us. And we want, and he comes out and says, let's heal and let's forgive. It's just like, they're, I think they fight on two different planes. And this is one of the reasons we always go back to the same old, same old. But hey, it's good I, to call I, in. I found, I, well, hang on before you leave. I, I found this clip. Okay. He, he, let's see if I can. I don't, I don't even know if you're going to be able to hear this. Hold on. Not at all. When, when when I play the this, GOP you, chairwoman for Harris, can I can you hear that when it, when you heard? Yes, her? I can. Okay. Yes, I can. You can. All right. Listen yes. to this. Wouldn't you think that the members of Congress who are Republican would be very excited to replace that Democrat who was trying to impeach their Republican president? A resolution of impeachment uh, because the president has That's very Jackson Lee from Texas. Powers. Yet now there is a Republican running against said Democrat and, who has and, a very and, good chance. And her name is Carmen Maria Montiel. 
All right. Of Going winning. against Sheila Jackson Lee. She could take Sheila Jackson Lee's seat. Basically, in their primaries, uh, Carmen Maria Montiel got more votes than Sheila Jackson Lee did. And now they're running <laughs> against each other. Now, check, check, check this out. This is in Texas. District 18. And instead of propping her up, pimping her out, making her a star, Kevin McCarthy is shutting her out. Kevin McCarthy, there he is sitting in the white shirt, and that's you in the blue. She grabbed me by the arm. Later, she pushed me, and they got me right away out of the office. She's shoving you. What's she saying? That I need to get out. Now you can see Kevin McCarthy just sitting there. Did he, you meet with him at all when he, no, when no, he no. came? Not no. at all. The GOP chairwoman for Harris County in Houston talked about what went down there. I was in, Houston. in the same spot running against Wesley Hunt. It ticked me off that the leaders DC would be handpicking versus actually, as my youngest said, why is a California congressman deciding who represents us? When I first heard that, that really alarmed me. I said, aren't the voters supposed to decide who represents <laughs> us? This is the GOP narrative. Cindy was not saying that Kevin McCarthy rigs elections. She was saying that he picks who represents us in a press conference lineup. You can listen to it over and over again, but, you know. There you go. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but it illustrates what you called in to complain about. Yes, it does. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's painstaking. Like the, the, the worst thing like to me is getting, again, back to the same old, same old. Like Even when Trump was in office, everything took so long. The Durham investigation, you know, everything, like all the investigations that we had, Seems to stretch them out on the Republican side. Why it seems like on the Democrat side when they're in power, like conviction, 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 and or you know, everything seems to go their way at a light speed, um, yeah. very fast. You yeah. know, and on our side, everything just goes like so slow and like that's we just because, wait for updates. Yeah, that's because we care about our Bill of Rights, and they don't. And. That's really what it's all That's about. True. It's about the Bill of Rights. And the Democrats and everyone that runs Facebook and Google and Amazon, you know, Tucker was just talking about a book burning, right? I mean, the digital age of book burning is Amazon, right? He was talking about, yes, um, you know, burning books. And think about it. If you were to visualize the things that the Democrats are doing, and you were to visualize it on screen, people would object to it. But we're not doing a good job at storytelling. That's the problem. Like, for example, let me give you one great example. And that is um, Warnock uh, and uh, Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker's a much better man than Herschel Walker, uh, than Warnock would ever dream of being. And the problem was, is, is that... Um, her, Warnock was successful in saying Herschel Walker uh, is extreme because he doesn't uh, like exceptions. Or, you know, he was questioning Herschel Walker's position on ex- exceptions. And Herschel Walker then responded and said, you know, on the, on the issue of, 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 of abortion, he said, I support the um, heartbeat bill. Well, nobody knows what the heartbeat bill is. Nobody, know, <laughs> yeah. nobody really knows it's 15 weeks. Nobody knows that, right? So he's like, I support the heartbeat bill. 
And he's like, you are you opposed exceptions. Yeah, personally, I oppose exceptions. I'm I'm all about you know conception. That's it. That or inception. Um, but basically, that's it, right? So he said, but I represent the state of Georgia, and so he went on with that, right? But I was talking to a guy last night at this gala, and I said, what people need to do is they need to, the Republicans need to, like Katie Hobbs didn't answer the question at all, and Fetterman didn't answer the question at all, meaning that they were basically like, no, no, we don't want any laws to impede upon the interaction between the doctor and the, the woman. So basically, in essence, what they're saying is, I support infanticide. But see, infanticide is a key word. And if they were to just to come out and say, you support infanticide. And if I, was a, if I was a candidate, and I would point the finger right at their face, right in their nose, right, right between their eyes. And I would say, you support infanticide. Prove me wrong. And now the, the uh, dialogue would be that they're on the defense, right? Because they can't make that argument. They can't successfully make that argument. And so I would point the finger at them and I would say, you're, you're, you're supporting infanticide. And they say, no, I don't support any laws at all. And I was like, that's in essence infanticide. And put them on their heels and make them defend infanticide rather than then the conservatives defend um, no exceptions. You see what I mean? Oh, I completely agree. You've, you've had that take before, and, and it's all about making them on the defense. And that's why that's, I think that's one of the few things, and you've said this, that why we're losing on the abortion right now is because we're not fighting back. We're, there's no one fighting for, for the children. We're, we're winning on almost every other issue, but we're not speaking out about that a lot or clearly enough. Yes. Like you said, heartbeat build. <clears throat> people just, that passes through their ears, and they don't really react to it. But yeah. when you put them on the defense and make them speak about the murder of innocent children, especially black children, that that that's going to make them a little more touch and go with it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Well, all the best, man. Thank you guys for the call in. You have uh, a great day, Scott. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Take thank it you easy. for calling in. All right. Um, Leonora? Yeah. Well, uh, we Do were we were we you know, we were kind of transitioning into, you know, what's going on you know, with, I guess, uh, the contract with America or a modern version of it. You know, I mean, that. Yeah, well, Newt Gingrich w- was all about that. And uh, and he wrote, he was really successful with that. Yeah, he was. He and said a hundred different uh, pieces of legislation within the, like, the first, I forget what it was, 90 days or something. Yeah, well, that's what but he said, it, yeah. It was an amazing it was an amazing uh, turn. It was an amazing turnaround. No, because I um, had to put his bio together for various things, and I see, would see that over and over again about what happened and how they took back the Republican Party. And the point is, it can happen again. I remember when we had Newt and his wife on, on this at show. The same show. Well, it, that the was the show. funniest thing because what happened was uh, Callista w- had published they a children's book with uh, Regnery, and she um, and we were going to interview her about that, and then the the publicist 
publicist said, you know, Newt has a new book out. I, I believe it was Treason uh, at the time. And I said, you, they do interviews together. And I'm like, okay. And so we, and, and actually when I greeted them, I, I, I mentioned that. It was actually kind of funny. Um, the two honorees la- last night we had interviewed. <clears throat> and we had interviewed the, the, the MC. Yeah. So it is kind of funny how we've, uh, you know, gotten gotten around over the years. Well, the big news of the day is the CDC. Yeah. They uh, had this vote. It was a stupid vote. Um, actually, this, this doesn't play well. I'm going to play a clip of it, but it, it really doesn't come across on audio well. Thank you, Dr. Brooks. Oliver Brooks, no conflicts. Yeah. Uh, yes, um, the vote passed 15 zeros, or 15-4, no against. 15-4. These are all, you know what, when I listened to this and I saw this happen? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the CDC. Mm-hmm. The CDC voted 15-0. Mm-hmm. Right. Listen, again, Listen to this. I could play any part of this clip. It's all the same, but yeah. Bell, no conflict. Yes. Listen. Thank you, Dr. Lair. Lair, no conflicts. Yes. No conflicts. Thank you, Ms. Bata. All these are PhDs, you know, Bata, me- no medical conflicts. doctors. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Brooks. Oliver Brooks, no conflicts. Yes. Okay. So they go right down the line. Do you, do you, could you imagine if somebody had a conflict? Right. How how long would they keep their job? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the point. That's that's what's happening in our universities. That's totally what's happening. Is is these people can't keep their job. It's like I like Donald Trump. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you would last 2 seconds if you said I have a conflict. Like, yeah. let, listen. <laughs> Wait. Dr. Daly? Matt Daly, no conflicts, yes. Oh, no conflicts. No oh, conflicts, of course. Sanchez. Sanchez, no conflicts. That's like that's some, some actor. I'm going to be courageous and say that I support purple hair and uh, trans uh, gender and homosexuality. Uh, I, I stand for, I'm, I'm being courageous right now. It's like, no, you're not being courageous. <laughs> you're speaking to the choir. <laughs> you know, like, courage, courage is what, Kanye West did. Well, what he did, absolutely. I mean, when he came out and, you know, here he is, this famous celebrity who's made all kinds of money and and suddenly, you know, he's being deplatformed by his bank and he's (sighs) and 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 Hollywood has abandoned him. I mean, completely. And but, you know, just a few months ago, Kanye was somebody who people were, you know, cozying up to. It's it's amazing how we in this country put people up on pedestals just so that we can kick them off of it. That's exactly the way we think. Yeah. And, you know, they're talking about, uh, well, it's just the CDC, you know, this whole thing about the CDC and children. You know what that vote was about? Do you? Uh, do you? Why don't you enlighten us? It was about the children. Yeah. It was about mandating the children get get the vaccine. Well, I, again, this is ludicrous because as with everything with children, they are not the same as adults physically. And we do not know the impact that a vaccine might have on developing children. Do you know why they're doing it? Well, they're doing it to make it just part of everything. No. Why? They're doing it. <laughs> why? Tell me why. They are doing it.
because they don't want to be sued. That's why they're doing it. They're using children as a shield, like a terrorist. They're, it's the, the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. The liberals are using our children as shields. And it, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And I'm so sick and tired of it. Um, I'm going to play this clip one more time. I played it over and over again. But, you know, the thing is, is that what they're doing is this. Listen to Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. right here. Allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Now, the, the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PrEP Act and the CARES Act. So as long as you take an emergency use you can't sue them. Once they get approved, now you can sue them unless they can get it recommended for children. What? Because, because all vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going after kids. They know this is going to kill and injure a huge number of children. But they need to do it for the liability protection. Well, that I did not know. That's very enlightening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to listen to the Scott Adams show a little bit more than, you know, maybe you are. I don't know. <laughs> Why do I need to listen to this yeah. show for? I got you. <laughs> you yeah. are the show. It's called Pillow Talk. <laughs> <laughs> now you're parroting my mother. That was one of my mother's expressions. <laughs> uh, yeah, what can I tell you? Um, the inventor of the COVID PCR test, Christian Dalston, made this remarkable statement. Um, I'm going to need you to translate this. It is translated. Where is it? Is it on Twitter? It's French. No, no, I meant where is it so I can find it. No, you're not going to be able to find it. Well, I'm not going to be able to find it? No, okay. no. But this this guy posted this. You have to realize that in many countries, we wouldn't even know that this virus existed if we didn't test for it. Let's take a listen. I think this is French. Uh, I think, uh, well, I haven't heard this in a while. Also, man muss sich ja schon mal klar machen, um, wenn wir nicht testen würden, dann wüssten wir That's in vielen Ländern gar nicht. That's German, right? Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. difference. Okay. So, yeah, I thought it was French. <laughs> No, no, yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't heard this in a couple of days. But you, you, it says here you have to realize that in many countries, this is the guy that's speaking. You have to realize that in many countries, we wouldn't even know that the virus existed if we didn't test for it. Mm -hmm. And you know who this is? The inventor of the COVID PCR test, mm -hmm. Christian Ralston. Mm -hmm. made this remarkable statement. Yeah. And that's the statement he made. Think about that for yeah. just a moment. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh, this journalist, and this was, this was in French. Mm -hmm. um, this was this French woman that... Uh, French oh, I saw, I saw this one. Anne-Laure Bonnell, uh, who shot a documentary about Donbass. Yeah. 
It's a region in uh, Ukraine. Yeah, and she got she got cut off. Yeah, well, they, they, I mean, the feed got cut off, and we wonder whether that was done deliberately. Lost her job due to the trip to Donetsk, uh, and started receiving threats. Now, now check this out. So, French journalist and director uh, Anne Laura Bonnell has been fired from the University of Paris after making a documentary on the Donbass. I was notified that I no longer meet the values of the university, so they can't, cannot allow me to continue working. So what she did was she, sh- she showed that the Ukrainians were bombing a hospital yeah. and that the Russians were the ones taking them out Yeah, well. and, and uh, uh, trying to save lives. Right. And uh, she was reporting what she saw. Right. And suddenly she's being accused of. And that didn't fit the narrative. It was the reverse of the narrative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Does that make you sick? Does that make you almost want to throw up? Because it it does does for me. me, It does make me sick because, you know, it makes me want to throw up. I've talked about this before. Is, you know, I think what, what you see happening is you see people just going by those images that we saw on television months ago of de- of destruction in Ukraine and just automatically pointing the finger at Russia. I'm not saying that Putin did, you know, Putin's a saint or anything, but there is corruption on both sides and you can't just shut off one place and completely and just take the point of view of the other place. And that's what's happening. I mean, we've talked about people have accused Russia. Okay, you can't have free speech in Russia. But then what were we doing to Russia? We were completely shutting them down. And we were putting the president of Ukraine and his wife on the cover of Vogue and having them be on uh, <laughs> major uh, international award shows. That That's not how you manage diplomacy. You have to hear all sides. Yeah. You know, it's there's there, there's something very wrong with all that. And to silence a reporter who's just reporting what's actually happening, you know, it's it's sad. You know? she, all she was tell, telling was what she saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say what you see. Yeah. And you get fired for it. Yeah, yeah. Where are we as a society? I mean, where are we as human beings? Well, we're in a society right now where we, you know, you talk about this every day. Where no, this we is shut- global. This is global. This is global corporate media. Well, it's global corporate media, and it's also you have to uh, goose step to the narrative. You have to stay with what is be you know what is acceptable parlance. You cannot you cannot deviate from it. You cannot question it, or you are silenced and censored. And and the reason why organizations like Red State Talk Media or Talk Radio and other conservative media are important is because we don't silence people. We listen to both sides and. Yeah. And but there's so much in the mainstream media where you're, you're you're completely thrown off, or on Facebook or Google where you're you're you know you're put at the bottom of the hierarchy, or you get put in Facebook jail, which seems to happen to you a lot. <laughs> yeah, this man addresses a woke liberal school board in the right way with facts. Let's take a listen. The last name is Amanchukwu. Thank you very much for correcting me, Mr. Amanchukwu. Yes, no problem. It means I know God. Um, Luke chapter 17 and two says that it's better for a person to have a millstone tied around their neck and to be thrown into the sea than for anyone to harm or damage 
a child. And so the question today to the school board is only you know whether or not your role, the policies, the curriculum, and the things that you allow in this school system in Wake County, only you know whether or not a millstone is tied around your neck. The reality is this. God is going to judge every last one of you for decisions that are made on behalf of children. You know, this past year we spent $1 million on a diversity office. And how did that benefit black children? How did it benefit children in general? Well, 78% of third through eighth grade black students are not proficient in math in Wake County. We're wasting taxpayer dollars putting money towards this diversity office that's not benefiting those who need it the most. 66% of third through eighth grade students are not proficient in reading. Black students, they're not reading on grade level. They're not performing mathematically and they're not going to be able to get jobs in the fields like STEM. But we're wasting money on a diversity, equity, and inclusion office while we are failing black students in the name of diversity. You know, in the Jim Crow era, black students were locked out of the public school system. But today they are trapped in. And many of these students need options. They need school choice. They need the opportunity to take their taxpayer dollars and take it to school systems that will benefit them and support them and educate them. And as we talk about inclusion and making sure that the trans student feels comfortable and the queer student feels comfortable, what does that have to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic? As we are in, oh, as we as we are teaching cultural Marxism and grooming children to be the next pervert, we are damaging our kids in this public school system, and it needs to stop. Yeah, and you contrast that with you know these students that are just not getting the proper education. That's that's the problem. Um, They're not getting the proper education in grammar school, high school, and the universities. We see a, you know, and, um, I'm a big uh, school choice advocate, um, and, you know, we've talked about that a lot. I know you are as well. And even Betsy DeVos, uh, the former Secretary of Education, she has talked about abolishing the Department of Education because what's gone on with that department, it was originally created as kind of a, an advocacy group, uh, you know, a cabinet that was advocating for the American Federation of Teachers, which has kept Randy Weingarten in a job for all these years and has uh, been they're, to the detriment and has been to the detriment of our of our kids. I mean, we need and that the idea we need kids to have choice. We need parents to be able to put their child in the school that best fits their child. I said to this, I reacted to this video or audio here. And it says, it's time to abolish the Department of Education. 
uh, and start over with school choice, voucher programs, education savings accounts, and support private and charter schools. Teachers unions have ruined education, much like labor union unions destroyed Detroit. Yes. Detroit in 1960 was the wealthiest city in the world. Right. And and look at it now. With the automobile manufacturing. And you helped me write this tweet, actually. Yeah. Yeah. um, Because uh, I was like, because you're so, you're you're so well-versed on the issue of education, and I'm not. Um, But you uh, helped me with this tweet. Um, I was so... um, disgusted but i mean i mean i just felt like poor this poor child this poor young woman um i I wasn't making fun of her what it was was you're making fun of the system i was thinking of randy wine when i saw when i listened to this woman yeah i was thinking of randy weingartner and i was thinking the teachers unions are don't care about these people yeah and that's the problem. It's these people are victims. I'm not making fun of this person, but listen to this. What do you think about Hitler? Um, I don't know who that is or what he does. I'm assuming that's some kind of rapper, but um, I'm, I'm assuming he's some kind of big rapper. You could tell us like a rapping name. Y'all come up with all type of names. <laughs> but whoever he is, um, I'm sure he's amazing, right? Because I like his name, to be honest. Hitler. Hitler. What do you think about Hitler? You know, yeah, I mean, when you hear yeah. that, I mean, I have so many reactions to that because I, I, I find it, first of all, she I has fi- the long nails. <laughs> yeah, and I, first of all, I find, and that's a girl who looks like she's in high school. I find it astounding that she has no idea who Adolf Hitler is. First, for a couple of reasons. For number, number one, he, you know, he, we are taught about him in the school system. The other thing is people have made terrible comparisons to Trump and other conservatives and compared them to Hitler in a pejorative way. So if nothing else, uh, you know, they would have heard it that way. And then the third thing is, don't we have something right now that's called the Internet where people can look stuff up? I, yeah. I, I am shocked that people don't know who Hitler is. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's just amazing because people talk about Hitler all the time. No, it's it's it's, it's a product of it's a byproduct of education. And and Randy Guy uh, Weingartner, uh, Weingarten. what what is Weingarten. 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 most dis- disgusting liberal I've ever ever witnessed. Honestly, I think if I were to pick a person that I don't dislike more than Joe Biden, I think it might be her. You know, probably. I, it's 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 a it's a very lowly list. <laughs> but uh, you know, let's take a listen to this uh, Tucker Carlson here to be like last year the one thing you couldn't do is sexualize children you want to go do whatever you want your personal life no problem no one's going to stop you or judge you but you can't sexualize kids because they're kids that's child molestation or a species of it we're totally against this the one thing we're against all of a sudden you're seeing footage a lot of footage of children being dragged to drag shows where transvestites are trying to sexualize them it's all over the internet so 
what is going on here? Now, you assumed that it was confined to places like Berkeley, California, or wherever, where the, the leading edge of weirdness. But that's not true. Sarah Gonzalez from the Blaze TV just attended an all-ages drag show last weekend in Plano, Texas. Here's some footage that she shot. Now, to be clear, kids were there because organizers wanted kids to be there. On your screen, you're seeing an event page from bestdragshows.com and advertises tickets for an upcoming event in November. The bottom of the flyer says that minors are allowed if accompanied by a parent or guardian. Now, apparently this is not a crime in the state of Texas. It's certainly a huge moral crime that nobody should accept. You're not tolerant if you accept this sexualizing children is totally wrong. It's the most wrong thing of all. And it just shows how totally passive and out of it the rest of us are that we haven't acknowledged that and done something about it, actually done something about it. Sarah Gonzalez has done something about it. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing, uh, there are so many clips. I, I, I see so many videos. Like, it's not just like a handful. It's no. hundreds. Exactly. Of, and we could do like show after show just on that topic alone. Oh, I know. It's amazing. And it's it's so totally disgusting. Um and Tucker has been on a roll lately. I mean, literally his stuff has been really off the charts. So here's another one about book burning. Um I, actually we have a caller we're going to take um uh, this is, uh, I think, John from uh, Chicagoland. John, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Morning, Scott and Leonora. Good morning. You know, everything you've talked about is, you think about the reporting on Buka, or the reporting on, uh, on uh, the Donbass, uh, such as the Buka, the alleged Buka massacre by the Russians, which turned out to be probably not by the Russians, it's like most likely staged by the Ukrainians days yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Or this, um, the uh, the CDC now mandating COVID vaccinations for children for a disease that didn't pop up to about two or three years, when typically vaccinations should be researched before uh, and then uh, or researched and tested for five to ten years before being introduced into the public. And that that is the normal time period. It's like mm -hmm. about ten years, certainly mm -hmm. no less than five. When you hear this fellow talking about uh, what's going on with the, the, the uh, uh, basically CRT in the uh, Wake County schools that you played earlier. Uh, when you talk about even the, the issue with Detroit, well, with regard to the busing, I would argue, well, I'll go into that in a minute. Um, you see basically politics trumping impartiality. If you think about the way to excellence, the first step is to value the thing for the thing itself. That is, if you're a teacher, your ethics as a teacher should guide what you do despite what your politics are. If you're a scientist, certainly there, a doctor, an engineer, uh, a finance guy. You know, so you're BlackRock, you're not playing, you know, playing games with the systems for your political goals. You're investing for the best return. But when you start to move past that, you get a lot of unintended consequences and ultimately colossal failures. And this goes back to what the fellow in the uh, Wake County uh, case, the uh, fellow you played earlier, mentioned, 
which is the cultural Marxism. I know we've talked about that before, but it's the idea, and one of their leading feminist lights talked about the personal is political. They made everything political, even the personal, which is why they invade your space and say you'll be forced to acknowledge this, whether it be the drag shows that you just played, where women who are very stupid people who fancy themselves smart or superficially educated, perhaps, drag their kids, no pun intended, to a drag show to watch you know, confused men uh, display their wares as, as women, or vice versa, I guess. And it's to make them feel good, right? They're, they're making themselves feel good, making a statement with their own children. It's really hideous, but I think that's, that's the basis of this, where you get this reporting that you look at, and it's out of the bizarro world. Where are you getting this? For example, have you heard too much about Kherson recently? Kherson, well, they they Russians withdrew their troops. Why they withdraw people so they can flatten these guys, perhaps Grozny style, when they come in, and that's what's happening. But you're not hearing too much about that because that doesn't fit the narrative of the Ukrainians winning, which is a complete falsehood. If you're yeah. following this closely with various sources, it's a falsehood. It and is. They a really falsehood. haven't even brought out their best stuff. But I mean, so that that's what I'm seeing here, sort of underlying all this. And you know, one quick thing, and you mentioned Detroit. Detroit was the most wealthy city, as you mentioned, in the world in 1960. Now, what happened, as I understand it, and that might be getting only part of the story. Unions and liberals and mob. What do you say? It was unions and the liberals getting together and destroying labor. Well, but also the courts ordered busing, and there was a lot of white flight. And so the composition of the city changed almost completely in five or ten years. And you ended up with a disaster scenario by the late 60s, early 70s. And Detroit was, of course, one of the places where you also had a lot of rioting. And it never really came back. If you look at parts of D.C., you guys would know this better than me, but my understanding is parts of D.C., maybe Anacostia, other places that were, were burned out during the 68 riots after Martin Luther King was killed, uh, those places never really came back until like the 90s or 2000s with, with the, the gentrification finally, you know, kind of pushed in there, maybe some of these areas. But, you know, Watts, did Watts ever come back? You know, rioting in your own nest is never a good idea. Yeah, so Watts, Watts never did ago. come back, actually. You're right. That's no, a good it, point. It doesn't. And the West, and when you do that, people say, oh, they're celebrating it. They've just consigned those places to decades of misery. Instead of enforcing the law, they did that. That was just sort of that kind of sparked that memory about Detroit. Mm-hmm. But you know, you end up with a lot of long-term consequences. That, that's just my comment. All right, I appreciate it. <laughs> Always good comments. Thanks, what are you doing this Thanks, weekend? What, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, it's warm, and we're going to have to get a lot of work done around the house. The last warm weekend, I think, up here. So. That's what I'm doing. All right. All right. Drive to the airport to go back to Eastern Europe. So. All right. All right. Take, Take it care. easy. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> he kind of threw him off course. He was like, what? I have to come up with a good answer. I've for never him. asked that question before of a gentleman. Yeah, uh, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> um, what, Leonor, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, what am I doing this weekend? Um well, first of all, I think I want to kind of rest up after planning that uh, My fabulous party yesterday. You worked so hard. <laughs> you did. You you were amazing. Yeah. No, we had we had. And we that had, event was super spectacular. I give you so much credit for that. I heard some rumor that maybe uh, you there were might working be, sixty hours a week. Well, well, 
recently, but maybe yeah. maybe we might have Mexican food. I heard something about that. Yeah, I heard I heard a few ideas. Oh, you know what I want to do? I'm going to burn books. Yeah, no, no, I don't want you burning any. So books. You go on Amazon.com, <laughs> and you remember the started as a bookstore, an online bookstore. It's the biggest bookstore in the world. They have everything. There's nothing you can't find on Amazon, including used books. So if you were to go onto Amazon to read books by a man who is in the news and whose ideas yeah. are directly bearing <laughs> yeah. on world events, you look for a guy called Alexander Dugin. Dugin is one of Russia's most famous authors and political philosophers. He doesn't work for the government. He doesn't work for Russian. Vladimir Putin. Yeah. He's just a philosopher. So if you're interested in, like, what are they thinking over there, you would search Dugin's author page on Amazon, but you would not find any results. Really? Kind of a big author to be left off Amazon. So we reach out to Amazon to ask, why can't we find any books by this guy? And then we realized because he's been banned from Amazon. So then we asked Amazon for a list of all books and authors who've been banned from their platform. And they wouldn't give it to us. So we went back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Amazon provided a six-word response. And we're quoting, Amazon complies with all applicable laws. Hmm, applicable laws. Well, in the United States, there are no laws against publishing books because we have the First Amendment. The government can never, under any circumstances, censor any book, period, or anything that you have to say, period, because that's the core of our Bill of Rights. When are they going to ban the Bible? Then we learned that Amazon and the Justice Department were ignoring our Bill of Rights. Amazon apparently based this decision on a Treasury Department designation concerning, quote, disinformation. And that designation applies not only to Dugin, but also to his family, though not to his daughter, who was murdered recently by the Ukrainian government, but we're not allowed to say that. What did she do wrong? Well, I guess she said the wrong thing, but that's cool because they're fighting for freedom. But that's not the point. The point is, in our country, which is very different from Ukraine, we're allowed to read whatever we want. But we can't now because the Biden administration is demanding that the biggest bookseller in the world censor books that they disagree with. And Amazon complies without asking any questions now this is as clear a violation as the first amendment as you we have to change the laws and make it so these big tech companies uh you know um have to adhere to the bill of rights yeah that's the key i want to play this clip as well we're running out of time and uh, we we took some calls today and uh i i I didn't budget for that in the time but i want to play this clip from um, Claire Daly from Ireland. U.S. law, it doesn't exist in EU right, law. Right, right here. Okay. The state sponsor of terrorism is a term of U.S. law. It doesn't exist in EU law. But a Zelensky advisor called for it in the Parliament magazine, and here we are again reporting for duty. And all it will do is make peace harder to achieve. Exactly, of course, what the extremists want. No peace, no off-ramps, all bridges burning, and Ukraine a permanent abattoir in a suicidal holy crusade against Russia. So, if you want to start naming state sponsors of terrorism, let's do it. European sponsorship of Israeli terrorism in Palestine. Western sponsorship of Saudi terror in Yemen. ISIS, the product of French, American, British, Turkish and Gulf sponsorship in Syria and Iraq. Decades of right-wing U.S.-backed terrorism against the Cuban Revolution, the Contras in Nicaragua, death squads in Guatemala, in El Salvador. Remember Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia. Horror after horror, terror 
after terror. There's nothing constructive about the pot calling the kettle black. Would you ever cop on, start championing peace and enter the war which is patently in the interests of EU, Ukrainian and Russian citizens? All right. So, so you know, that to me is, is so important to, to, to understand yeah. with regard to what we're doing in Ukraine. Absolutely. Um, you know, the thing is, is that we have so much... Uh, tyranny going on in our government right now. Let's take a listen to this real quick. An ABC News reporter gets a visit from armed men with guns from the Biden administration he, he's at missing. home and then disappears and hasn't been heard from Meeks. since. What? Meek. Fox's Trace Gallagher has the story for us tonight. Hey, Trace. Hey, Tucker. The missing journalist is 52-year-old James Gordon Meek, who covered national security and terrorism for ABC News. In April of this year, the FBI conducted a heavily armed raid on his sixth-floor apartment in Arlington, Virginia. The FBI called it a, quote, court-authorized law enforcement, meaning the search warrant was approved by a federal judge. And during the raid, the FBI also seized Mr. Meek's laptop. Anonymous sources told Rolling Stone magazine the laptop included classified information. James Gordon Meek's attorney believes only a source inside the government would know that and says the leak is highly inappropriate. But on top of that, the Biden administration prohibits seizing documents from journalists without authorization from U.S. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, leaving many to ask why would the deputy AG give that kind of approval? Well, it's notable that James Meek was the award-winning producer of a Hulu documentary called 3212 Unredacted. The 3212 refers to the Special Forces unit that was ambushed in Niger in 2017. Four U.S. soldiers lost their lives, and the Pentagon kept giving the families of the fallen soldiers different versions of what happened. I also covered that story and talked to one of the widows at the time, Michelle Black. Watch. He always knew his odds before he went in because I think he knew he was probably not coming home. But I think. So the FBI raided the guy. Mm -hmm. He's an ABC reporter. Yep. And then he gets whacked. And yeah. there, there is, they're trying to suggest that uh, Navy SEALs went rogue mm -hmm. and murdered him. Um, before we have to leave, uh, I wanted to also say something about Liz Truss. Uh, yeah, that was a big surprise. 44 days as prime minister, <clears throat> shortest get tenure ever. 15,000 pounds a year. She's going to get 115,000 pounds a year for the rest of her life. 45 days in office. Yeah. <laughs> so I want a job uh, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the rest of her life, uh, she's going to make six figures for doing nothing. Wow. But 45 days. Um, here's the thing. She was opposed to Brexit. Mm -hmm. And then she negotiated the Brexit deal. And she was opposed to Brexit. She wanted to remain in the European Union. She was a classic globalist. Yep. And then she later adopted it. She's the conservative party. I know. In the UK. Yeah. Well, so that explains their problems. Well, and the economy's a mess. I mean, I, this that's a disaster all around. And now they have to, they, they got a few people that they're choosing all right. between I wanna, a I want to promote uh, Genesis, Genesis Gold. Turn your IRA into gold and silver. And you can call 800-385-4653. And with that, we have to go. Uh, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, Brody.